Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. I'm Eric. That's weird. Yeah, Eric, I say, say it with a question mark at the end almost. Am I? Am I, I still feel, I feel like that most days, to be honest. I'm like, I'm Eric. Like, I don't even know Maybe. anymore. What's the accent where everything ends in a question mark? Oh, God. I don't know. Well, when I do it, any of them, because all my accents end up like Russian Kermit the Frog or something. I'm not even going to try, but it's is it Liverpool? Do the Beatles always sound? Yeah, the Beatles Ooh. always sound like, like the young Beatles, like the boy yeah. band Beatles. Sound like they're always asking a yeah. question, even young Liverpudlians. I always thought Liverpudlians was a funny term. We should start a band called the Young Beatles. The Young we're Beatles. Like it's not a ripoff. We're, it's a totally different thing. But spell it differently. Spell the vowels differently. <laughs> y U N G. Okay, it is Tuesday, June the 9th. Ninth. What, you're pretending like you didn't just check that before. We oh no, st- we checked. We definitely. You were like, I believe it's June sixth. Upside down six, I think, is what day it is. It is another week. This is. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. Well, it's another week in quarantine. The good news is, so everywhere is different. Everywhere in the planet's different. If you're listening from Los Angeles or Halifax or Buffalo, whatever. Antarctica, maybe. Antarctica. It's all different. Could be. Antarctica is probably fine. They yeah, probably never I got hope someone listened to us there. That could be fun. So where are we now? This happened yesterday that Ontario is hitting phase two. Everybody seems to do in phases because I think yeah. New York City hit phase one. Oh, wow. What? They yeah, just well, hit one? Like, yeah. What? I mean. Is not the start or is there a phase zero? It makes sense because their population is, I mean, the population of Manhattan is the same as Canada, isn't it? There's so many people that on blows top of my each mind. other. I always forget stuff like that when people yeah. tell me fa- or like how big Texas is versus whatever, stuff like that. I'm like, right. Oh, yeah. And then the weird thing in, in reverse is... A whole bunch of states, except for your Texases, could fit into Ontario. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at all the little squares of states. So, it's all strange, and that then that each of those places have different people making rules. Yeah. So, anyhow, in Ontario, we've hit phase two, and there was a checklist of what that means. And the funny thing is, I believe Tattoo Parlors is on that. Hmm. I've been having dreams about getting tattoos. I texted my tattoo guy, and I'm like, FYI, I've been having dreams. And I don't know. It's weird. Maybe it's because I'm so, I don't know, imaginative. Like, I, I watch a lot of crazy movies, and I, I write comic books, and I my imagination's at work. That sometimes my dreams are just, like, me getting a tattoo, and there's no twist. It's not like the tattoo guy looks like a bat or, like, no, hmm. it's just that. That'd be a good movie. Bat tattoo. So I texted my guy, and <laughs> I was like, put me on the list because I want to go back. And I think hair salons, and then there's rules about restaurants where I think patios are going to be oh, yeah. open. So glass half full, if you just look at this glass half full and don't think about it, you're like, what a wonderful thing. I can't help but think that all the people who have thought this is a conspiracy theory, the worst of us are now going to run back outside and then a month from now we're back. Yeah. (laughs) That's my only, and that could just be me being horribly glass half empty. Yeah. Well, it almost just seems like people have, it's sort of, they're just done. You know, (laughs) like just so many people are just like, eh, enough of this. And what's annoying me is, all the people who are just like, oh, the numbers have spiked because of all the people protesting. And you're like, it takes two weeks to process yeah. that data. That is literally impossible. And you're a jerk. That was my kind of this grandmotherly fear I had for the protesters taking everything else out Not of the equation. Not grandfatherly, by the way. Grand- no, grandmotherly. <laughs> it's totally different. <laughs> yeah. All the other horrible things that might happen to these heroic folks who are out there yeah. fighting the power. My first thought was that, was like, oh, I hope they don't all get sick. Yeah. Because there's this one shot, an amazing shot. And it's funny because we were talking about drones a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. It's totally a drone shot because it's kind of low enough 
but still going over. That is not a helicopter because that would cause all kinds of And it's just this shot, and it's people, and nobody's six feet away from each other. Like, everybody. It's not really possible, yeah. uh, really. A lot of folks in masks and that kind of thing and mm. gloves and whatever. But that was my first thought, taking all political thoughts out of the equation, for was sure. like, oh, I hope these folks don't get sick. Yeah, and it just, for us, it's easy to take the political aspect out of it. But, I mean, that's what's been upsetting me is just, you know, all the people who are just sort of, like, turning their attention to a different way. They're like, oh, you know, now we can't go outside, but they can protest. And you're like, um, you yeah. know what's a little more important <laughs> than COVID is systemic racism. There was some dominoes that fell over the past few centuries. I, just, that... I find that so funny. It's like, what are you honestly saying? Like, could you just wait a year until we have a vaccine and then protest? Gosh, that would be so better for me, a white person. I love, love Spike Lee. And it <laughs> you seems, really do. I love Spike Lee. It's so weird. But like when I was in film school, do the right thing was only six or seven years out oh man geez i never even thought of that it's like 89 to to like 96 right yeah so it's weird it's because we're all getting old yeah we're all getting old if you're 15 you're gonna be 20 you're gonna be 25 we're all getting old but looking back on it now so i saw spike being interviewed on the tonight show i watched this morning he has a connection to the tonight show because he actually did the opening titles he has such an interesting career because He'll do these really important films. Mm-hmm. But then also, of course, he's done music videos and Nike ads and openings to The Tonight Show. So he he's an interesting hired gun commercial director. Yeah, and at the like, same time as being Spike Lee. And Mr. New York Knicks, you know, for the longest yeah. time anyway. So he went out and protested. And he said, because he lives in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, like, it's right there. Like, it was hard <laughs> not to because you're like, well, I'm going to go to the store and get some food. And, oh, hey, look, it's the protest. Yeah. But there was a photo of him on his bike, like on his bicycle, with a mask on, with a fist up in the air fighting the power. And there was like half a dozen other bicyclists around him, all kind of at a kind of safe distance. So he was out there doing that, yeah. you know, a couple days ago. So when you see that, when you see that... So Spike Lee in Do the Right Thing, there's a character who is killed by the cops. It's, it's a fictional character, and he said it was based on... Another horrible event that happened before 1989. Yeah, you could take very similar to the more and more that have happened now. And he did this little quick three or four minute montage film. They screened it in full on the Tonight Show, and I think it's just out there. You probably just YouTube it. Mm -hmm. And so they show they're intercutting two of these deaths, real life deaths, and then the fictionalized one in Do the Right Thing. And the fact that it's like one from '89 and then two from more recent. And it's the exact same thing happening. Like, it's the exact same chain of events. The one in Do the Right Thing is actually a bit more action to it because it's like a whole bunch of people on top of each other. And and when in the real life ones are just terrifying to watch because they just kind of happen. Yeah. But he was saying that, like, I've heard him and a number of kind of comedians and talk show hosts and talk about this because all the talk show hosts, Conan, Tonight Show, John Oliver, it's all middle-aged white dudes, but they've been getting on a lot of black voices Mm -hmm. in the past little while. And they've all said they're not making light of the situation, but it's a comedical, comedical. It's a comedic point of view where back when in 89, we're like, hey, look at Do the Right Thing. Oh, all these awards and accolades and Mm -hmm. box office hit. We're going to learn from this. (laughs) And then I think it was Spike who was saying, or somebody was saying that, oh, Barack Obama. Well, that's the cure for racism. You know, like we're going to fix this. This is done. And it's not funny, but it's just that we're still here. Yeah. That Spike Lee at the end of Black Klansman, 
there was like a montage and it's just there was one sketch i saw and it was the gag was basically somebody coming out of uh cryogenic or coming out of a coma and saying like oh this happened this happened everything must be great and then that you know 20 years later ah, it's not great yeah. and it's sad because like it's always relevant and that's exactly the problem you know it's just like even something simple as like the run the jewels just dropped a new album and there was uh one of their songs referenced you know that i can't breathe and someone's like wow you must have just recorded that a few weeks ago and they were like actually no, no that was yeah. like, it was about i think eric garner or something so it was right, like right right and it's just one of these things where you just, it would be funny if it wasn't the worst thing in the world, you know, like just this yeah. doesn't, this is always retains relevance for the wrong reasons. And that's the thing. It's like, if you look at do the right thing, I mean, except for say some wardrobe and that nobody has a cell phone, <laughs> it's could have been made now. Yeah. Like if you remade do the right thing now, just changing those couple things, like changing the dates, changing maybe a bit of the music, changing some of the wardrobe. Yeah. It could have happened 2020. Yeah in new york versus 1989 in new york and so all these voices that are coming out and all these and you see like i was saying how everyone i admire past and present for example this podcast and again it's the joke it's three middle-aged white dudes on the podcast <laughs> but the flop house and they just make fun of bad movies so on saturday they did a thing where they did a live thing from their three homes one in la two in new york their discussion was howard the duck so they had people, and it was free, but they encouraged their viewers, their listeners, to donate 20 bucks to a number of causes that they had, mm -hmm. and then send in the receipt, and then they were going to like do a raffle or whatever. Nice. And these guys aren't like 3 million listeners a week or whatever, yeah. and they got, I think on Saturday night, I just retweeted a thing, but they got 800 people who sent in their thing saying, yep, I donated. So 800 people donated $20 or more. Wow. Thanks to three nerds talking about Howard the Duck. Right. <laughs> but you see stuff like that, and whether it be that, or whether it be Spike Lee, mm -hmm. or the Wu-Tang Clan, who I admire, or people who are talk show hosts recently, like, say, David Letterman, or filmmakers and musicians, whatever, there's not a single person I like, whether it be a comic book artist or a musician or a podcast person, not a single person who is questioning what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. All these people. And that's the telling thing. Pick a less important argument, like a movie you like or not. And you might say, I have friends who don't like this movie, or I have friends who don't like this food, or I have friends who don't like the summer. They like the winter better. Just like things you can debate about or have a pleasant conversation about and have friends who are different. But on this, I don't know anyone in real life or people I admire via pop culture who are questioning what's going on now. No, and, and any people that are, it's it's just, you know, it's semantics. It's always just like, I support it, but, you know, you should wait until there's a pandemic. Or, oh, you know, this is fine, but blank, you know. Like, those are the only times where I'm just like, okay, you are looking for something. Like My favorite thing is it made the rounds of a Fox News guy. So the Fox News guy at his desk, and then, did I talk about this already? I don't think no. so. It's a blur. Sorry, everybody, if I talked about this already. But... To his left was a scroll of all these people oh, yeah. who donated stuff. <laughs> like, they think that's going to make anybody go, well, I'm not a fan of Seth Rogen anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think, and when stuff like that is just like, you're just pandering to your audience, yeah. you know, because it's just like, that's what bugs me. You got these, it's all like, we'll call it faux news instead of Fox News. But yeah, it's just like, you know, you're already watching that. You're not going to be changed to the other way and, yeah. and, and vice versa, you know, like, we're not going to watch something like that and just be like, oh, wow, I never thought of it from that perspective because like, there's no other perspective. And that is why in other important subjects you get jaded because we screened a Michael Moore 
anti-Trump documentary recently. Mm -hmm. And a little bit before that screened the Al Gore sequel to his environmental movie. Inconvenient Truth. Inconvenient Truth 2. I don't know. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Cruise Control. I did not watch either of those, I admit. (laughs) And I should. Like, they're important subjects. Sure. But it's kind of that they're so depressing. Like, I'm sure the Michael Moore anti-Trump thing... The problem is you're you're preaching to the choir. Right. I would say there is like a 0% chance that anybody's going to pay to see a Michael Moore movie who is a Republican or a Trump supporter and then halfway through is like, it's opened my eyes. Yeah. I don't think that's happening. No, it's not. You know, you're not going to you're not going to waste the time or they're not anyways. And, and yeah, and I'm the same way. You know, it's just after a while you, you just sort of get like it's not complacency you know but it's just you're just like i get it i get it michael moore like it's it's yeah you know, <laughs> it's all good man i get it we're screwed michael moore yeah yeah just let it go but so one little thing we did is it was a week ago it was a, we were here last time and after we finished the podcast lee tried to call me but my phone never works in this bunker but i finally got a hold of him and he just had an idea and he said can we take a picture of the screen and be that our our little art piece for Black Lives Matter. Right. And we kind of said, jokingly, we were like, I think that might kind of look like more like silver or yeah, gray. The screen's not black. Like <laughs> yeah. the room is dark, but that doesn't make the white screen black. And we even popped in a movie just to see that part before the movie that's black. Right. And even that didn't work. Cause, yeah, because it's lit still. Yeah. So. so your idea, and it worked, you said, let me shoot this over to Emily. Yeah, yeah. Because Emily's a real good Photoshop type person. And it's not even like it's a complicated Photoshop idea. It, it was just like you or I aren't great. So yeah. it's better. <laughs> and I was like, my wife's at home. I'll just send this over. And the best thing was I was just like, you know, if I just do it now, then we'll probably have results within an hour or so because she's pretty uh, great yeah. with stuff like that. And yeah, and she gave us like three options. And yeah, she did one that said Black Lives Matter, one with a logo, and then just black. And I shared it with Lee and Ian, yeah. two of the partners. Lian, if you will. Lian. And they were both like, yeah, I think I like the simplicity of just the black one. Right. And it looked really cool. And you could still see the surroundings and yeah. the, the filigree around the screen and the, the exit signs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because she thought that was important. She, she was like, you know, it is important to show the place itself, you yeah. know, not just the screen. So I went home and I posted that on, because this is the age we live in, I posted it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just that. I, th- I just typed Black Lives Matter because there's part of you like I could have put in a little blurb. Sure. But I'm like, yeah, this this works. I could have put in a little story about, oh, here's why we did this. Yeah. You know? Nah, you just did that. And I didn't comment on this. Somebody else, and it's it was just on all three places, hundreds, hundreds. I might even exaggerate slightly and say thousands, but <laughs> hundreds of people gave the thumbs up and the likes and praise and whatever. And a few days later, somebody just posted, wow, not one troll Hmm. not one negative thought i'm so proud of this community and i didn't erase anybody and i don't want to jinx it now but on all of them was just nice thumbs up and little good jobs and whatever and you know we don't bring this up now to get more praise but it's just it's part of the mayfair story right now Mm -hmm. and so we did that and then i came in a couple days later spike lee on the brain and do the right thing on the brain i said what if we put always do the right thing on the marquee yeah because you had sort of wanted to you talked about that at the time but you yeah because we, we didn't really know what to do and i know you really wanted to do that and you get and like i say this in like full disclosure like you get this stuff where you totally want to just do what you can and help and donate money and, sure. and say the right thing but then lee said you know what about putting black lives matter up there and i said totally whenever it's something like that 
I always just feel bad about taking it back down. Yeah. Because it seems like then you're like, oh, well, that was up there for a week. I yeah, guess yeah. it's fixed now, right? Yeah, now you know we're the good guys and <laughs> yeah. we can put this back in the basement. Now we're going to put a Bill and Ted quote back up. Yeah. I said, I like lean, and all three of us are, are fans of do the right thing. And actually, when I typed it to Ian, I said, do the right thing. And you reminded me that it was always in front. And I'm paraphrasing, but I would, if we had one of those giant, like two or three sided marquees, mm-hmm. I love the whole quote where it's, it's Ozzie Davis calls Spike Lee over as Spike Lee's walking past him. And he says something like, he says like, doc, what? I got to go, whatever. And he goes, one thing, always do the right thing. And Spike goes, that's it. Ozzie says, that's it. And Spike says, I got it. I'm gone. And I love that little thing of like, always do the right thing. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And I would love to put those on there, but we just don't have the room. Yeah. So we put those up and then I came in and we've just had some fun things on the the posters where we did just a week or a month of random posters. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a wish list. It was like, wow, it'd be great if we could play Superman and Roger Rabbit and whatever. So we put those up. And then we put up just on a theme. It was folded posters. We have a box of folded <laughs> posters. So it was all these like cool old weird. I didn't even notice. Yeah, it was all folded posters. So then now I said, let's put up a bunch of black history posters. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you do that, everyone has ideas on the heels of it. Everyone's like, oh, you should put up this and this and this. We just don't have it. No. We don't have a do the right thing poster. We don't have a a uh, Pam Greer coffee poster. Like we don't have no. that. And they're not cheap to like make either. No. Like, and, or you know. get. And it's just for, it's for fun yeah essentially so what i managed to do is we had no shortage of posters with black actors or mm-hmm. black filmmakers or stuff like that i was going to put up say the more recent dolomite movie with eddie murphy but it's a white director and white sure. writers which you know that would have been cool because there's still eddie murphy on display yeah but what i managed after a little bit of searching around is put up six posters that are kind of current that we screened five out of six of them okay and that they're all black filmmakers as well. It was I put up Queen and Slim, Beale Street, Creed, Fences, Selma, Selma, and Black Panther. Black Panther's the only one we didn't screen. Hmm. Is because yeah, because it made a billion dollars, yeah. and by the time we could have gotten it, it yeah. was available. Everyone saw it ten times by the time we we would have had. Yeah, it. so we didn't screen that one, but it, it is an important film nonetheless. But managed to get films that we screened that are black filmmakers that are kind of current, and so we just put that out there. And once again, like, I just, I always say when we're doing something, either screening something controversial or social media in general, I just don't want to get yelled at. I just, I got better things to do. I don't want some dummy yelling at me. We put it up, didn't even think about it. Everything was fine. For sure. Everything was fine. No dummies, no dummies out there trying to say like, why did you do this or whatever? And that's a small, tiny bit of a heartening thing from a community in this time. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. better you didn't put Get Out up, I guess. You know, this I sort of like get out. Yeah. creepy white people trying yeah. to put a front <laughs> up. And you're like, oh, this isn't quite what we were trying to get across. Yeah. But so and so that is out there as we speak. And a few people have taken notice and tweeted about it. So that's, you know, whether you're you're a podcast and you do some kind of fundraising or you're like us and you can do this. I know there's some comic book publishers out there and they're organizing anthologies from black creators mm-hmm. that the money will then go to worthy causes. Like it reminds me of when, say like when nine 11 happened on the heels of that, like the real mainstream Marvel DC kind of guys put out anthology books and all the money went to worthy places. And I'm sure that's going to happen again. You're going to see Marvel and DC put out an anthology of black creators and all that money will go to 
Black Lives Matter or whoever. Yeah. So no, it's pretty astounding. Like there's been a lot of neat stuff, and even like uh, like one of the guys from Bloody Disgusting had gotten. I guess when Us came out, they sent around like for press books and stuff, but they sent out the actual gold scissors oh. like from the movie, and so it was just for fun, you know. And this is one of those things like geez they just sent out a jaws box that is packed full of stuff and it's one of those things where you're like oh man why can't people buy these but but anyway so the guy he put it up with all proceeds going to black lives matter and uh, like i think it's at least at three grand now like oh, yeah. i mean it's going and, and as well as someone made a custom uh, run the jewels figures like in packaging and everything and the, one of the guys from run the jewels is like i'm probably gonna outbid all of you but you know this is a cool <laughs> idea and just and it's just so it's very cool to see the amount of stuff like the, and, and it really is a large amount of people who are just doing all this, you know, like, you know, match this donation and I'll put you in a draw or this or that, you know, and, yep. and so so many people are just doing it just to do it as well. But it's just it's awesome to see like people are like, oh, you know, I got this really cool collector's piece, but it's just sitting around collecting dust. So, you know, I'll put it up here and, and raise five, ten grand or something like that. I love the nerd community for that, because for all the flaws in the nerd community the past couple of years, which is. I hope will go away and has been like a minority, just dummies, you know, mm -hmm. dummies mad that, oh, it's too much feminism in comics <laughs> or too much, you know, it's just, it's all racists and chauvinists and horrible people. But the geek community as a whole at its best is a bunch of people who have been through something, whether they've been bullied, like there's, there's nobody writing or drawing comics who wasn't a nerd when they were a kid who got shoved around or something. So yeah, same thing. Like Jim Lee just put up and it's crazy. There's, there's some, I'm like, I didn't know there were so many rich, unfamous nerds out there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because he put up a page of X-Men art from the 90s, kind of that era that a lot of people might remember from that Saturday morning cartoon For era, sure. like with Rogue and Storm and Gambit and Jubilee, kind of that era. So he put it, it was just a random page. Didn't look like anything super fancy, like just a page with the X-Men on it. He put it up on his Twitter, just like bid here, bid here, highest bid after pays, I'll send it to you. And it was like a one night thing, and that one page of art went for I think it was sixteen or eighteen thousand dollars. Wow! And then he's just going to forward that money to somebody who needs it. So all that kind of stuff that's happening—that's nice. Like you would rather this horrible, horrible thing didn't happen. Mm -hmm. But same thing. It's Spike Lee kind of said it too. It was of like good is happening on the heels of it. Yeah. Like you know, we said like we're. I am sure when we're back, we'll figure out talk to some groups in town and say, hey, we're going to do a fest. Do you want to come mm -hmm. and introduce it and, you know, pass the hat, collect some money, sell yeah. some buttons, do whatever you want to do. And, and it is like, to be blunt, we can't afford to do everything. We can't afford to donate 100%. Yeah, unfortunately. Like we are an independent business at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, people have asked that before. Like, hey, why don't you have a screening and give all the money away? And we're like, well, because we need the money. <laughs> we would love to, honestly, <laughs> <Yeah>. but... <laughs> it's one of those things, like if we woke up tomorrow and I won millions of dollars in the lottery yeah for one our programming would change a lot yeah it would be like we could just play whatever we want you might as well buy the building at that point i mean like just yeah <laughs> but we can host screenings keep the box office for ourselves yeah get people to come in and donate get people to come in and introduce it say who they are say we're this local community group mm -hmm. we're selling buttons t-shirts whatever give us your money like we can do that yeah so. well what's interesting is uh like spike lee's got a new movie coming out on friday oh, which, which i think oh. is netflix it is yes uh, and so what's funny is like if we were open we probably would show that i was gonna mention I'm sure. that yeah like as always now because we are a video store go rent all the movies available on our virtual cinema but it's so weird because 
yeah, we would the same way that we screened Uncut Gems and the mm-hmm. same way that we screened The Irishman. The Irishman. Yeah. We would be screening this Spike Lee movie now. Easily. Because it's a Netflix movie. They would in the alternate universe where there was no coronavirus. Yeah. We would be screening or we might have already have screened it say last Friday right. for it to come out on Netflix this Friday. But yeah, in that alternate universe, we would have a Spike Lee joint up on the screen right Easily, now. Easily, yeah. Ugh. And it's it's a shame. Was so you're, it... you're allowed to go watch Spike's movie. <laughs> it's okay. You can do that. Yeah, and theoretically, you know, yeah, depending on how all this goes, maybe we can try and get that after the fact. I mean... And who knows? Like, it could be, and this is all could be maybe, but say when December rolls around and maybe this movie is a Oscar contender, mm-hmm. then we could get it on that theme like hey here's this movie it's an oscar nominee and screen it in january or whatever yeah and it looks really interesting like it looks different than his other stuff like it it almost i'm not sure if it's set in the 60s 70s or if it just like i i saw a brief couple clips i think it's set after vietnam okay but i don't know i'm I'm kind of trying to avoid too much but it's a it's a vietnam movie but i don't know if that means it takes place a day after vietnam or 10 years after vietnam right and it almost looks like like not i don't want to say grindhousey but like it looks like it looks very different than his yeah. normal style it's, it's a bit of a comment on vietnam slash treasure hunting grindhouse kind of movie yeah like and, I, and like you might be I, off by that but something <laughs> like that well yeah because i'm the same way like i I've, I've been avoiding as much as possible like i saw like you know 10 seconds of footage basically but. yeah Still, you know. But yeah, we would be screening Spike's movie now. Because what was the last... I think the last one before we went away was Uncut Gems, which was a Netflix film. Yeah. That was big screen that we did really well with. Or at least one that they acquired anyways. Yeah. I don't know how that works now, but... I think... I can't remember. I think it had the Netflix logo before when we screened it. It's such a blur now. I I still think it's funny that there'll be people who aren't in the know. And there was one person who got mad. And I don't know what it was. I think it might have been Irishman. And walked out afterwards and was all like frustrated and was like, that was a Netflix movie? I could have just watched that at home? And to be that far out of the loop and coming to an independent cinema is... Yeah. is so you just say, you're like, well, yeah, that's kind of how the industry works a lot now where Netflix wants to get on the big screen. There's enough of a fan base who will come to see a movie. And then those who don't get to see it on Netflix. And we get 50, 100 people a night for it. And then it stays for a week or two and then goes away. And they were so angry by the idea that it was available at home. And I'm like, well, that's kind of how it works now. It's almost like, it. it's kind of like, well, yeah, like if your favorite band comes to town, it's available to listen to at home. Mm-hmm. But it's a different experience to go to that band. Well, yeah, especially something like, like Scorsese movie. Like you really want to watch that in like a basically pan and scan version. Yeah, or it's like, like it's like... If you like Tetris, that's available at home. Yeah. But it's a different experience to go to House of Targ, get a beer, play Tetris. Yeah. It's a different thing. Yeah. No, the best home theater setup can't compare with coming no. here, you know, especially coming here. Like, you know, sure, I'd probably rather watch it at home than watch it at miscellaneous theater in the middle of nowhere or whatever. But Well, it's like I just watched, we watched, there's a new Spelling Bee documentary. Oh, I heard about this. On Netflix. It's so good. These movies are so funny because you watch it. I watch it as you are watching a basketball playoff game. It's so stressful. And plus with the music and the editing and everything, and these kids up there and cutting to their family and, oh my God. And you're watching it and you're just edge of your seat excitement for the spelling bee. It was a very good film, but again, bittersweet because I would not be surprised if we had screened that Mm -hmm. before it went to Netflix. It's another Netflix original kind of thing. And seeing that in a cinema... 
it reminds me of when we screened a Tetris documentary called Ecstasy of Order. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, really good movie. There's scenes in that where it's competitive Tetris. And the crowd, we had a decent crowd watching it. Like, say it was 150 people. And they were ooing and aahing and cheering <laughs> like we had a hockey game on screen or a basketball game on screen. And at the end of the movie, when the person who wins, wins, people... Like, I almost jumped out of my seat. And so that is a different experience than watching that same movie at home where you could still watch and go like, wow, that was really good. But so I'm sure watching the Spelling Bee documentary with a big crowd would have been super fun. Definitely. You're allowed to watch that now. I have to watch that. I remember Spellbound was so good. Spellbound was so good. And that was like 2014 or something like that. That's... No, Spellbound was... older? 2003. Oh, God. I took took a decade off of it. Jeez. Yeah, Spellbound was 2003. (laughs) And I only know that because it's referenced in the movie I just watched with a little Spellbound 2003. That's crazy. This movie is very different. I won't even tell you because it's not a spoiler, but I went in blind and there's, there's a different point of view of this documentary that's very interesting yeah oh man yeah so really you hyped up two documentaries in the last like two minutes but remember to be a salesman there's a whole bunch of excellent documentaries available on the mayfair virtual cinema that's true and after you watch all those you know maybe find this tetris one maybe watch (laughs) the spell thing with spelling bee i don't know what it's called one thing we could mention is that i think due to real life events the live audio commentary of mystery of chess boxing oh, right. got delayed one week so i think we've still i've been noticing that we're still racking up some sales some pre-sales on that nice so that is now going to be friday june the 12th at 9 15 same day as the spike lee movie i believe yeah so you could watch watch the spike movie at like you know six <laughs> yeah or seven whenever i don't know how long the movie is and then go straight into watching the mystery of chess boxing there that's, you go that's you a that. perfect night i might actually probably do that it's, it's, it's <laughs> so, almost a friday the 13th but not so yeah so it will be it's one of those live streams live audio commentary virtual cinema it's not one like the other stuff on our shelf where you can just tune in whenever right and then we are getting a portion of the box office take off of that so you'll be helping the mayfair i wouldn't be surprised if they announced that some of this money that they're getting is going to somewhere a good cause because oh, so. the 36 chambers have been so good about that forever. Yeah, so that is something Mayfair related that we can mention upcoming because I will post this podcast probably on the 10th. So you'll have a couple days to go get your advance ticket and prepare for Friday night to watch this cool old grindhouse martial okay. arts film that if you're a Wu-Tang fan has a number of connections to the Wu-Tang. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, it's just a cool martial arts movie to yeah. watch and kind of fun to have a live audio commentary going. Yeah, and I've never seen this one either. It's like I had seen, uh, I had got Shogun Assassin. I'm not going to act like I didn't just turn to my left to look at the poster because I couldn't the remember the name. But uh, yeah, I've never actually seen The Mystery of Chess Boxing. Like, I mean, yeah, I've seen a lot of those movies, so you get it, quote unquote. But it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty wild trip to like be able to enjoy the movie or just be able to enjoy the commentary you know, or, or both, you know. And it's one of those ones where you can type in a question while you're watching it. Yeah. Like you did. <laughs> yeah, and well, hopefully they'll get the question right this time, but still. I watched, the, the well, I mean, I've watched some things, but the main thing I started watching was, I, I never, I'd seen the first one of these, but you know the Blind Dead series? Like the oh, like, yeah. Templar Knights? And so I saw the first one, Tombs of the Blind Dead, like years ago, when I was in my late teens, probably. And the cool, well, quote unquote cool thing about that is that they, they kind of slow down the footage of the knights, so it's like creepy and they're slow. 
But when I'm watching it as a teenager, I was like, ah, oh, it's, it's so, this sucks. It's not that good. And then so I, I don't know what just popped into my head. Like, I think I just maybe maybe saw someone talking about them. So I've been re-watching this. There's four of them. And they're really, okay, they're the first two. The first two are really good. Like, it's such a cool, simple concept. It's one of these series where the same guy wrote and directed all four of them. I had to, like, write down the name because I knew I massacred Amando Diasario. And so, yeah, like, they're just really fun movies. I haven't watched the fourth one yet, but the second one is called Return of the Evil Dead, what? which you can imagine is very confusing. And that was, like, like 73 or something like that. So it's, like, well, well before Evil Dead. But that popularized the term Evil Dead was that movie. And so that's... I never even heard of it. I had no idea that that's... Like, because it's so confusing when you're, like, oh, the Blind Dead series. So they're all called Blank Blind Dead. But I think only one of them is, because the third one is The Ghost Galleon, and then there's Night of the Seagulls. And you're like, how, like, one of them has Blind Dead in the title? Like, you're killing me here. I'll see if I could find a trailer to uh, <laughs> tag to the end of this. Because the big thing is, like, I put a Do the Right Thing trailer last week. Up until, I think it's, like, early 90s, that's when you can't use trailers anymore because the voice guy went away. Mm-hmm. So everything before that, you can find stuff. And that's why when we're doing a podcast and actually talking about movies that we're screening, yeah. it's rare that I could tag on a trailer for, like, right now, I wouldn't be able to tag on a trailer for blood quantum or trip to greece because they don't oh, have man. that a trip to greece i guess trip to greece you might be able to because they're riffing on each other but yeah. it's not the same or it's like like say star wars trailer it's all music often so if yeah. you just put that onto the end of a podcast it just mm. wouldn't make any sense but yeah i'll look up those it's funny you mention that because gwen and i were watching nightfall oh, which yeah. is all about the knights templar and I started watching that because Mark Hamill shows up in season two. So that's totally why oh, I started man. watching it. But then right before that, we watched all the Indiana Jones movies one day. And the Knights Templar are in The Last Crusade. Oh, so, yeah. So it's been this weird thing where that you mention it now. <laughs> and that we are watching a TV series and then a movie before that. So they've been kind that's of in my obscure. pop culture wheelhouse the last little while. So. Mark Hamill pops up in the second season of what we do in the shadows too. So he's all about oh. popping up in the second season of stuff. I want that to come to somewhere where I can watch it. Yeah. Oh my God. That has to show up on one of the streaming services sooner or later, right? You would think like it just, uh, the second season ends tomorrow, Wednesday. So we're allowed know. to talk about that because we fought tooth and nail to get that movie a few years ago. Oh man. And we're very happy that we did. It did very well for us, but also it was just fun to, to be part of that gang. Of, yeah. It's, it's that hipster thing. It's like, we like what you do in the shadows before it was popular and, and cool. I, I think that one was 2014. I think, yeah. I think that one I might be right about being 2014. To we like Taika Waititi before he <laughs> was directing Star Wars and Thor movies. Oh man, there's, it's just, so I was so excited when we booked that and, you know, and I'm glad the show is good not to talk about TV, but it's just yeah. to, to be able to make a jump, to have the actual creator of a thing make the jump and be involved and then actually have it be good and, you know, be renewed for a third season already like it's just it's yeah. cool you know and i think it's just as yeah as fans of taika watiti as, as fans of weird comedy you know it's it's nice to see i will mention one quick thing before we go just some happy news they posted the poster for bill and ted face the music today mm. and for ever we've been getting people of course saying you guys should screen that movie you should. so all i'll say is of course it's on our radar we'd right. love to screen bill and ted 3 eventually and i don't even know what's coming out but it's, i don't know it is coming out theatrically the trailer dropped today too the first two weren't available for us the last time we tried to get them Hmm. so i'm gonna ask lee maybe they'll be available when we come back and it might be more of an excuse too because now more than the past decades we might not have a lot of newer content available so it might be an excuse to show more classic cinema like the bill and ted movies so 
they are on the radar. We're going to try and I'm going to send Lee an email because he said he started getting emails from people who are like in denial of like, hey, you guys are opening up the cinema again soon. Hey, oh do you want to start booking films? And we're like, well, we can't right now. But oh my God, that's that's like phase four. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a couple phases away. Even now, just posting things like when I went on to Twitter or Instagram and posted our marquee or posted the Black Panther poster or the Selma poster, people who weren't paying attention couple people were like are you guys reopened and i just kind of reply nope or they'll say do you know when do you have a date like someone sent me an email is like can you tell me when you're back and you're like well no i can't i don't know that answer do you know the answer (laughs) like you will hear the news the same time we do it's not like we're gonna get a call from the powers that be personally saying hello your cinema is allowed to reopen here's the rules the rules will be blanketed out we will look at them and go like okay we got to do this and distance this and wear this mask and do that and do this cleaning but it's coming like yeah. the wheels are in motion it's so. true it's the, the the phase is going slower than the marvel phases did but it's gonna be <laughs> yeah. worth it like when we're back eventually we'll be back i was worried that they're gonna see you checking on the theater and be like the guy went in oh that's <laughs> totally happened a hundred percent it's happened twice when i've been <laughs> coming in to check on something to make once i had to come in because there was the semi-annual checkup of just for our air conditioning slash heating system so the guy just basically has to come in and i'm pretty sure he like takes his wrench and goes like clink clink yep still good it took him like 10 minutes to do his thing i thought it was gonna be here for like an hour or two while he was doing his work but i was here sitting in the box office waiting for him he came knocked on the door i let him in and i i know the guy he's been here a few times before and as he did that i turned around and someone was pulling on the door going like are you guys back open oh my god like, no he's reefing on all the doors <laughs> yeah okay like, he got in so easily and i can't access this closed door and i think this person just thought that they saw me and this other person and thought this person was just coming to a movie even though there's nothing advertised around the marquee oh or god. anything so people are excited i want to give a quick shout out to uh my buddy john fields dropped his first single today oh uh he's on soundcloud j-o-n fields real good stuff I feel like, you know, I was like, I'll give him a shout out. That's nice. Yeah, everyone go listen. <laughs> People do that. People do that on things. <laughs> I've heard of that. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Hang in there. Be safe. Keep in touch on the social media. Mm-hmm. Our numbers are up, which is awesome for Sweet. our podcast. The last week, it was crazy. Like, maybe three, four times as much, I think, people are Man. listening. And I, I was worried that that last one might be a bit divisive because it wasn't our normal type of cast. But Yeah, no one yelled at us for that either. None. Yeah, it's <laughs> unbelievable. We're like, this is crazy. Maybe we're bridging the gap Thanks a little. Thanks for I don't not know. yelling at us, yeah, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for being tolerant. And uh, we'll see you here next week for another edition of the Mayfair Theater Podcast. Bye. Bye. I think the next poster should be all Knights Templar related movies. (laughs) Are there even six or seven of those? Uh, We'll just put up Last Crusade six times. I'm down for that. Terror once again treks its legendary course, making your flesh creep with pleasure. Night, when the unliving rise again from their graves, you will tremble with the return of the evil dead. Their hell-born revenge, for which there is no assurance of protection. Nor will you escape the fear, the anxiety, which the return of the evil dead provokes. A new high in excitement. Help me! The return of the evil dead. The return of the evil dead with Tony Kendall and Fernando Sancho. The terrifying thriller of the year. Do not attend this film alone. We suggest you bring at least one large partner to hold you tightly. The lifeless horsemen will make this theater into a living horror.
return of the evil dead. The return of the evil dead. You sure you're in fit condition? No, no. And don't scream. 